You do owe everyone, I believe, the opportunity to show you their fascinating part, and you only get there by asking them questions. You're listening to WERALP, Arlington, Virginia, 96.7 FM, streaming and on demand at WERA.FM. Coming to you from the studios at Arlington Independent Media, I'm your host, Lynn Borton, and this is Choose to be Curious. Welcome. This is a show all about curiosity. We talk about research and theory, but mostly it's conversations about how curiosity shows up in work and life. What does a network sound like? What do your networks sound like? I've been focusing back on sounds in general and the Arlington soundscape in particular ever since taking a road trip to Philadelphia with fellow WERA producers Brandon from Breaking Boundaries and George of DC Entrepreneurs. We did a day trip to my hometown for the Megapolis Audio Festival, a celebration of the art of sound. We took walking tours, rethought maps as executed through sound, and heard from a woman who creates beautiful and bizarre sound collages on the radio at 3 o'clock in the morning in Jersey City. On the rides up and back, not to mention over fabulous Sonny's Philly cheesesteaks before departing Center City, the three of us talked about this idea of soundscape and being more attentive to what's going on around us. So there we were, three people thrown together through the magic that is Arlington Independent Media on a shared journey, each bringing our different life experiences and aspirations, mixing it up. Roads, bike routes, metro rails, these are all networks, as are coffee shops, gyms, and school pickup times. When I really listen to those sounds, I become more aware of the tremendous variety of ways in which people and influences, networks, come into our lives here in Arlington. Imagine if we were limited to just one or only a few. Here's a little data point that rocked my world. According to multiple peer-reviewed research studies, simply being in an open network instead of a closed one is the best predictor of career success. Period. It's not how many people you know. A fat or old-fashioned Rolodex isn't the thing. It's about having connections in lots of different centers of activity. That got me thinking. How might choosing to be curious help with creating those networks, and especially for those of us who think of ourselves as not liking that dirty little word, networking, how might curiosity help us reframe the activity into something palatable or even appealing? And for that... I turn to Dana Theus. Dana is an executive coach, women's leadership advocate, and founder of InPower Coaching. She has years of experience and expertise in helping people, especially women, but not exclusively, forge their leadership identity and mindset. She thinks a lot about building and nurturing networks. So welcome, Dana. So good to be here. <laughs> Thank you. I'm delighted about this. So define networking. So let me give you a visual. Because this, you honestly, this is how I think about it. So I think of our networks as one of those visual images of this broad web of people and experiences that we have and that overlap with other people with us. And if you take a step back and you just start, you know, thinking, okay, who do I run into at the soccer game? Who do I run into at the PTA? Who do I run into the office? And, and you start kind of just drawing that picture in your mind and then who do they know and who do they know. Pretty soon you're sitting on this broad web of people, some of whom you can identify and some you can't. 
And uh, just to jump to the curiosity chase. Oh, no good. Oh, no good. <laughs> Let's get there. This is honestly my own experience with it, which is so when you ha- when you're sitting in that network and you're conscious of sitting in that web of people and you drop a question in, it's kind of like a whole bunch of lines light up. So you drop a question in, you know, who do I know that could give me some advice on this new vendor I need to hire? bang, you know, like you can just see lines light up. Or who do I know that could uh, refer me to a doctor for my child who, you know, has this new symptom I don't know what to do with? And then bang, a whole nother set of, you know, lines light up. And and you can begin the inquiry into your own network. And the beauty of it is a lot of the time people will say, oh, I know someone you should talk to who you didn't know who now becomes your best friend. Right. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Well, it is a wonderful way of um, turning indirect loose links into solid friendships or relationships, whatever it is. So why, so why does networking have a bad rap? If it's if it's all that wonderful opportunity and lit up circuits, why well, the bum rap? I think that when we don't feel pressure, it's fun. Mm. You know, you go to the soccer game. You go to. Um, my favorite one was always uh, in a in a large office building. They have birthday month cakes, and you show up, and you maybe you meet somebody on a different floor you didn't know. No pressure, right? <laughs> right. Then it's fun. You're eating cake. You're watching the soccer game. You're kibitzing. As soon as there, you feel pressure yourself to get something out of this, to walk away in success or failure, now it becomes risky. You know, the same mm-hmm. activity. So you can go to a cocktail social with the intention to have fun. And if you walk away with a business card, it's a bonus. If you don't, you know, walk away with a business card, you had some nice chat and you had a drink or two. But if you go saying, I'm going to walk out with a job offer, and you don't walk out with a job offer, you failed. And so you've put pressure on yourself because you had an, an inaccurate expectation about what that event or that action in your network could produce. And so I think we need to be specific about what we think success leveraging our network really uh, right. looks like. What's the intent? What's the intent exactly. of here? How we define success? I like that. And for me, who you know, despite a radio show, think I think of myself as an introvert, and you know, not somebody who uh, was always comfortable in social networks or cocktail parties and that sort of thing. I didn't think of myself as somebody who was good at that until. I started to think of it as an exercise in curiosity. Mm-hmm. And and to me, that had two layers. One was, well, there are all these interesting people here. If I talk to them, I'll hear interesting things. If I don't talk to them, I won't. So, so there was that. <laughs> and then I also found that if I went into those conversations thinking, how, what do I have to offer? to solve this person's problem as opposed to what does this person have to offer to solve my problem, that, again, it sort of shifted that mindset. I mean, so the way you come into it makes a difference. You're nodding. Talk to me about that. <laughs> uh, well, let me let me come at it from two directions. One is kind of the interpersonal reality and dynamic of it and our own comfort level. And then the other will be come back that research you mentioned because yeah. there's some other research that gives more insight into oh, why that's oh, true. And so on the interpersonal dynamic – like I said, if we walk in feeling pressure to meet our best friend or to meet the love of our life or to meet our next boss or something like that, you know that the odds aren't always great that we're going to succeed. And, and we feel um, a lot of pressure to say exactly the right thing when 
we don't even know the right thing to say to this person because we haven't asked them who they are and what they do, et cetera. So, so curiosity uh, to me is uh, it's a technique. And actually, so just to go deeper, as a coach, curiosity is my technique. <laughs> it's how yes. I help people, right? Yes. So, well, there's a whole conversation for us to have on that. As absolutely, well. <laughs> absolutely, and I would I love to do that. But in the context of networking specifically, I, I advise people like this. So you go into a networking situation, and by the way, we're thinking like the cocktail party. Every email is a networking opportunity. Every meeting, every soccer game, every every interaction you have with another human being is a network and you have you have said that in your your blog and your webcast i say that a lot you do you do (laughs) and and it it was one of those blogs or podcasts i'm forgetting now which that made me think oh this is a conversation to have and this is the woman to have it with well and when you think about it that way and you realize everything you do that involves another human being is a networking opportunity and then i advise people to kind of have two put two mindsets on one is one of pure discovery I have no agenda. I'm just curious what the universe can bring to me out of this conversation or whatever. Perfectly legitimate way to go into a conversation and be delighted. The other is to have an intention, which is like that's when, you know, you drop that intention into your web of connections and things light up. And when you have that intention and and it's not like, can you give me a job? It's like, okay, maybe I want to get a job, but I'm I have questions in front of that. Right. I think I want to go into this industry. Does my is my background relevant? Well, you need advice. You don't need a job yet. You need advice. So knowing what you need that can help you in that moment, and this is the important part, that the other person you're talking to can give you at a networking thing. Very unlikely the other person can just give you a job. Very likely they could give you advice. Very likely they could introduce you to someone who could give you advice. So ask for that. Ask for something they could give you. And, and then you have an intention that they now can help you with, and then you do what you said, which is, how can I help you? Right. What What does success look like for you? What's your perfect client? You know, what's the next stage in your, you know, personal journey on whatever it is that I might be able to help with? Now you've just set up a conversation, right? And there's no pressure for anybody to, uh, you know, do anything except help each other. And that's how genuine networking connections happen. And they do happen on the soccer field. They do happen in the elevator and on the metro and, you know, all these different places. So I always advise people, you know, have know what you're in it for. Are you in it for discovery or do you have an intention? And if you have an intention, understand what it is for you. Um, and well, put and it also it sounds like not only be clear about your intention, but be realistic about your mm-hmm. intention. It's like, my intention is to land a job. Maybe not. My intention is to learn more about where good fits for me might be. That's a, you know, that's a great question mm-hmm. to put out into the universe. Looking for mentorship. And mentorship mm-hmm. doesn't happen, happen to be someone who says, I will be your mentor. It could be just someone who gives you advice more than once. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah, we we. You once asked me this question about who who my mentors were, and I, I was like, I don't have any. But since that question, mm-hmm. I realized I have all sorts of mentors, and that was a useful reframe as well. So thank you for that. You're so welcome. let's go back. Talk to me about the research that you wanted. Oh, that you're right. Mentioning. So the research you're talking about, um, if it's the one I'm thinking of, I've read it too, and it basically kind of looks at people's success in their careers and then sort of broadly defined broadly defined and 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 their networks and there's another piece of and that and they found a very strong correlation Mm -hmm. there's another piece of research that gave me an aha as to why that's the case and it was done by the Toulouse School of Economics I can't tell you the year right now but it 
I can get it for you if you want it. And what they did is they looked at the difference between broad networks and deep networks, mm. meaning you know fewer loose connections versus uh, more deep connections. And it's interesting because I always ask people, what do you think? Which is more valuable, broad and shallow or deep and narrow? Well, you know, it's interesting because I did a little research uh, reading on this. <laughs> oh, so and this I don't know. If, <laughs> well, I don't know if it's the same one, but oh. I actually had seen something that said that uh, different networks are appropriate under different circumstances and that there was actually kind of an economic stability answer to that question, that smaller, deeper networks were the kinds of networks that people used when their lives were unstable. Oh, interesting. And in uh, sort of unstable by every on every measure Mm -hmm. and that where there was stability it was a stronger network actually to have it more distributed and wide so that's That's one perspective on it so what did what did this study so this is a different study which is cool we're really learning a lot here so this study was particularly looking at career success Mm -hmm. specifically and what they found is it's when i asked this question my first instinct and the first instinct of many people i talk to is well the the deep network is best because the deep network will really go out of their way to help you. You know, they know you. They want to help you. Uh-huh. Wrong. <laughs> the broad network is best for career advancement because, and this is the key here, because when you're looking for that needle in a haystack opportunity. You have to get out of your own haystack. Or you have to get into a bigger haystack. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> and and if you have a lot of shallow connections then you have a greater chance, you know, just the statistical likelihood that you're going to find that perfect job for you, the one that's going to take you where you want to go, is statistically higher. Now, that being said, the research didn't say this, but this is part of what I coach people towards, is that only works if your network is, A, motivated to help you and knows what it is you need that they could help you with. So that brings us back to intention and to creating genuine human connections, not just, hey, every business card I hand out is, is a networking connection. No, if they, don't, if they look at your business card in three weeks and don't know who you are, then that's not really a good connection. So you need, you need a deep network to help you for those unstable parts mm-hmm. of life. But when it comes to finding those needle in a haystack opportunities that's gonna take your career where you want it to go, you really need a broad network that is aware enough of you to, to activate and, and activate that web in search of well, what you need. Well, and I've, this is one of those places where I, you know, the universe doesn't disappoint. We say, you know, oh, our close connections, they'll be generous, they care. I've actually been struck at how generous people who are loose connections are yes, yes. in these contexts. I mean, and I think of myself in that realizing that people will call me out of the blue, and if I can help, I will. Mm-hmm. And I don't think I'm alone Mm-mm. in that respect. Definitely not. And and I I don't exactly know why it is, but I do know that there is a dynamic that people are very close to you. They don't want to feel indebted to you. Mm. <laughs> and and sometimes they don't they're putting their own uh, their own selves, their own credibility on the line uh-huh. much more if they're you know, oh, like really this is a friend. I'm recommending this friend as opposed to I know this guy. Maybe it's a fit. Exactly. Uh, interesting. So, I hadn't thought about that. And, and I mean, there's a lot of there's a lot of dynamics, but I have noticed that that when people go to bat for you, they're putting their credibility on the line. And if they know you really well, you know, that's a riskier proposition for you. So when they do it, it's even more, you know, it's more, even more of a gesture of of genuine respect. But but there are people who. You know, they, they're just not comfortable doing that for whatever reason, and that's okay. Yeah, yeah. So is there other um, research around networking that you think is relevant here? Uh, the, the one I mentioned is the main one. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And I think the one you mentioned actually is the other main one that, right. that I have seen. And um, in my own experience, it's not research. <laughs> well, it's anecdotal. I'll go it's, with anecdote. It's anecdotal. But I, I've run a number of workshops on networking and trying to help people do the reframing and really get clear. About, and, and coming back to curiosity for a minute is, like I said, curiosity for me is a technique. So whether it's in a workshop or in a coaching environment or I have workbooks, you know, I take people through a series of questions that's just ask that gives them an opportunity to go down a few layers and like, OK, I'm going to this networking event or I have 10 meetings today and it seems like too much. But if I could network my way to one you know, mm-hmm. new resource or, or insight, what would it be? And all of a sudden when you, they flip it and they start asking themselves the questions, I'm planting with them, you know, they get really excited. And part of the reason of finding those questions that give you energy is then you go into a communication with another person with this new level of energy and excitement because you're hunting for that needle in a haystack. Right. And right. Um, so I, I use it with people to help them find the thing they have energy around the search the inquiry the the quest they have inquiry around that kind of fuels them through those other parts that they don't think they enjoy and they come back and they go wow that was i've never experienced networking is so fun and sometimes we do speed networking events in a workshop where you just divide the group in half and put an inner circle and an outer circle and everybody spent five minutes thinking through well you know if there was one thing I could get help with right now, I need advice on this, or I need a resource on this, or I'm looking for a website with this, what would it be? And they go around the table, or, you know, in pairs, and I give them like two minutes each, and, and the room's buzzing, and everybody's loving it. And at the end, every time everyone raises their hand, I got, I made a connection that I will follow up with. And um, it's a constructed uh, curiosity session. Right. It's constructed curiosity networking, but it helps people understand if I just bring my questions into a, an interaction with another person, I'm probably going to get some. Well, and of course, you valuable. know, from, from my perspective, from the perspective of, of this show and this idea about choosing to be curious in whatever the, the contest, sort of making the decision that uh, there's opportunity in the unknown and that that's not intimidating, that doesn't have to be alienating, That's that can be fun. You know, my shorthand is to think, how might I... Because then it sort of sends me on a treasure hunt. Yep. Uh, <laughs> and to me, that really, you know, that like turned the corner in terms of how I think about it. Well, I really would love to do another show on that <laughs> because because that's a whole other way of activating yourself and other people. Um, I will say, too, something else I wanted to say, too, about networking specifically is that you can you can use this curiosity technique as a way of surviving difficult conversations or you know you get stuck with a dull person or you go into a room and you don't know anybody and you've got those anxieties and the two techniques i always give people and it just it works so well one is is that you can make yourself a deal you say when i make two genuine connections here and i get two follow-ups i'm out of here <laughs> You know, because I could spend three hours getting two genuine follow-ups or I could be on a quest for, you know, I'm going to spend hopefully less than half an hour and I'm just going to go through till I find two. And and you kind of construct this, but then you're, then you're in, you're on that treasure hunt with the people there. Right. And sometimes you have, you're, yeah, it works really well. And then sometimes you say, I want to be out of here in half an hour and three hours later, you're still having a good time. And that's good too. Maybe you have five genuine connections to follow up on. Right. Uh, But the other thing is sometimes you'll get, 
talking to someone who is uh, on, on the outside, you have nothing in common. You're, it's, you feel like they're kind of dull. You don't want to be rude. And maybe you kind of feel like you have to talk to them. Like it's not a room full of people. It's only three of you and you're, you know, whatever. There's nowhere to go. There's nowhere to go. <laughs> or maybe you're with a partner and this is the partner's significant other and you're just, you know, there's all kinds of times we get stuck, quote unquote. I have my hands up in quotes, talking to people. And that is, you know, just say to yourself, you know, I'm sure there's one thing about this person that I can really respect and admire. And gosh darn it, I'm going to find it. <laughs> and then you go into the conversation completely differently. And you ask a lot of questions. And a lot of times you make a really deep connection. And maybe you do come to find that person's not as dull or unconnected as you thought. Abraham Lincoln has a line about this. I'm not going to get right. It's like, I don't like the man. I must get to know him better. And that's good. I yeah. think that's actually I think that's really interesting. Like people that I'm inclined to think, oh, I don't know, kind of dull. And it's like, you know what? That's because you haven't you haven't asked the right question. You know, you haven't dug in enough. Yeah. Um because you discover some of those some of those sleepers, they're some of the most interesting well, conversations. I can I can tell you for a fact that as a coach, <laughs> everybody is fascinating. Mm-hmm. But not everybody is used to being told or responded to as fascinating. And so they don't put their fascinating part out front. <laughs> and um, with a little bit of effort and an open heart, you can get to that really fast. Now, there are people who won't turn that around. They won't find the fascinating part of you. And that can get dull and tiresome. And you don't owe those people anything. Your time. And <laughs> you energy, your time. Right. Right. Uh, but you do owe everyone, I believe, you know, the opportunity to show you their fascinating part and you only get there by asking them questions and being and even more than asking questions being genuinely interested in the response (laughs) being genuinely curious about what's in there because they know that and by the way in terms of networking and making people want to pick up the phone and talk to you when you call them three years from now if you were that interest if you were genuinely interested in them they're going to remember you they're going to remember that you cared about them and that's an equally important part of networking. Well, and that's uh, oh, wow. Oh, this is going to be hard to cut this short. Um, <laughs> but that's a great, you know. There's research actually that says if you're curious about something, you will remember better too. Mm-hmm. So, oh, I'm sure. So if you generate curiosity in your conversation partner, they will remember you and remember the things about you. So, sort of layers and layers of how curiosity is useful right. here. I love it. Well, and we should have a conversation. Ab- about why some of us don't go straight to asking questions. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. there's a whole like, there's a whole world out there about that too. But th- but I find that, you know, networking is one of those things we kind of like, oh, do I have to do this? And if you just reframe it and go, you know, I'm going to go find the most interesting thing about that person or the two people in that room that can help me or, you know, whatever you set yourself, your s- definition of success is both realistic and interesting to you. Right. Wow. Networking becomes a whole lot of fun. Cool. Cool. Thank you. So before we leave, I do my big jar of wannabe analogies, which I forgot today. So um, so audience, when Dana walked through the door, I completely called. So I said, give me three random words. And she's like, three random words. That's what she gave me. So we're going to do analogies to three random words. So Dana, you get to choose which of those words you want to do an analogy to curiosity with three random or words. With one of those words. Okay, mm-hmm. well, that's super easy. Yeah, well, you get to choose. Random. <laughs> yeah, random. Yes. How is curiosity like random? <laughs> so curi- to me, curiosity is the, the path through what appears randomness. So you go into something and it appears random. It appears chaotic. It, you know, you can't find the pattern. You just start asking. You just 
look, say there is a pattern here. Gosh darn, I'm going to find it. Guess what? It's not random anymore. You find the pattern. So that's that was boy that was easy uh, no softball softball <laughs> okay so audience i'm gonna give you words how is curiosity like words and i will take three um <laughs> how is curiosity like three uh i actually like to look for things in sets of threes as kind of a challenge to myself so so i'll make the analogy that curiosity is that same sort of thing as it can be a challenge to go and find things that relate to one another or that sort of open doors. That's as good as I can do for Looking for the pattern. There you go. Same thing. <laughs> same thing. So thank you so much, Dana. And obviously, we're going to have to continue the conversation. That would be a blast. Good. Good. You've been listening to WERA 96.7 FM. If you joined us late or want to catch up on this or any of Radio Arlington's other fabulous programming, you can catch us online and on demand at WERA. FM. Take a moment to check out some of the very cool programming here at WERA. Community Radio makes it really easy to expand your listening network. You can try out Death in the City, metal, hardcore, experimental music, Sunday nights at 10, the self-explanatory My Arlington House, Sunday mornings at 9, or Zamunda Radio, featuring music and talk about cultural practices of the growing population of African, African-born residents in Arlington and the DMV, Thursday afternoons at 1.30. You can hear this show and all my other programs on Facebook, Mixcloud, SoundCloud, and now iTunes, all at Choose to be Curious. And follow me on Twitter at Choose number two, letter B, Curious. Don't forget to send us your words, analogy, hashtag analogy. And I hope you'll join me next time when we celebrate a curiosity anniversary and Karen Ward joins me from Montreal to talk about her worldwide curiosity challenge and how she ended up launching hashtag my curious eyes. Check out what my curious eyes saw all on Facebook. Go ahead, choose to be curious. Funding for Choose to be Curious on WERA 96.7 FM is provided in part by the Center for Parents and Teens, where families are strengthened through a connection built through positive communication, mutual understanding, and realistic expectations of one another. For more information, visit www.centerforparentsandteens.com.